Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These experiences teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to It's Your Life with James Cooley. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you what, hey, family, audience, you are in for a treat today. Uh, you know, I got uh, Michelle Cooley in studio with me. How you doing, Michelle? I'm fine, James. How are you? I'm doing just fine. And I tell you, I got a great, great, great co-host that's, uh, I tell you, this guy's my mentor. Uh, he's a he's a great man. And uh, hey, Michelle. Uh, uh, tell him a, a little bit about our, our guest co-host today. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you about him. His name is Chuck Trenoni. Chuck is a professional consultant with proven results, planning, managing, and raising over $230 million for nonprofit organizations. Chuck has a passion for helping people secure financial and leadership support and delivers high-quality customer service and client satisfaction. Nonprofit boards and volunteer leaders have relied on Chuck and his consulting services to connect them with people of influence and affluence and assist them with asking. Chuck is here today to share his relationship with James Cooley and the James Cooley Foundation. James and Chuck met in 2015 at an association of fundraising professionals event in Orange County, California. And their professional and personal relationship has continued to positively grow and evolve. Please join us in welcoming Chuck Trenoni. Welcome to the show, Chuck. Thanks, JC. How Thanks, you do- uh, Michelle. It's a pleasure to be here. How you doing today, my friend? Doing great. Doing great. Just kind of, you know, getting ready for this upcoming holiday weekend. And yet it's a little bit different, you know? Oh, absolutely. You know, I tell you what, hey, Chuck, first of all, uh, I'm going to tell them what the title of our, our show is today. Okay. Uh, and, you know, you, you mentioned about the holidays coming up. We got a lot of them, uh, Christmas, so we got uh, uh, New Year's, we got all these holidays coming up. And, yep. you know, I tell you, times are kind of tough right now uh, in society. And sometimes we can find ourselves losing ourselves and losing our identities because, uh, we, 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 we get away from having the right attitude, you know, so the title of the show today is the right attitude recognizes this gratitude and manifest it. So I, I know that's a mouthful, uh, but, um, before this show is over, uh, everybody would know, and I want to welcome, uh, to the show, uh, and you will be hearing about them uh, real soon, uh, one of the the guys that that's that's here, I'll tell you. I mean, I I, I he's been on the show uh, already before, and I tell you, he's out there leading folks. He's a true leader, and he make people focus on their attitude. We're talking about Doctor Pastor Gary Pearl Pierce. How you doing, sir? Hey, JC, I'm doing good, man. I tell you, man, you say what you say, you make me feel again. You make me feel like I'm somebody. <laughs> you are somebody. <laughs> and, and, and I want to uh, also introduce uh, our next guest. I've been knowing this guy for, you know, I, I guess a few months now. He's been on my show, hosted with me before. Just a, a man, a great character. And, you know, I tell you, and always have the right attitude regardless of what's going on. We're talking about Isaac Ford. How you doing, sir? Isaac. <laughs> You know, so uh, Oz is going to join us later. But I tell you, um, I, I want to tell the audience a little bit about the purpose of the show today. And the purpose of the show uh, comes from the heart, come from my heart. Because uh, uh, even in the midst of times and failures, disappointments and life challenges, a lot of times we want to give up because we lack understanding and we don't have the right attitude. When it fa- when we are faced with certain type of challenges, and everybody know I'm a believer, love the Lord, you know, so gotta always turn to the uh, high power anytime that you feeling in doubt or anything like that. So, but let me tell you uh, how I came to this. I tell you, 
Um, I could have given up many, many times before because I have been faced with a lot of adverse uh, situations. And I tell you, and it started off when I was six years old. Uh, my mom, uh, who had 10 kids by six different fathers, never was married and couldn't take care of all six of us. So she chose uh, myself and my brother, Jerry, and she sent me uh, to live in Alabama with my aunt and uncle at six years old, not knowing I could have given up. When I returned back from uh, Alabama to Chattanooga and all of the kids around, they were making fun of me because I was I was country and I'm still country. Uh, and I sound funny, probably still do a little bit now. Uh, they made fun of me and they told me I didn't fit in. And, you know, I mean, I kind of felt that way. Guess what? I, I, I could have given up. <laughs> when I went into the Navy at 18 years old. And while, you know, where I came from, we didn't swim. So I did not know how to swim. And uh, we, uh, uh, in, in the Navy, you have 14, 15 days to pass a swim test. I was on the 14th day and was not going to pass that test. And I knew that they were going to send me home the next day. I could have given up when I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer at the age of 20. And I was given what we call a dose of radioactive iodine uh, to control it. And it did not work. The initial dose did not work. I could have given up. But lastly, uh, when I went in for a deviated septic and um, once the doctors had finished and I went back to get the packings out, I found out that uh, the doctor had destroyed my nasal system, complete nasal system, which required <laughs> 46 surgeries. <clears throat> I could have given up. My point is this. Regardless of what situation or circumstances that you are faced with, you have to develop the right attitude in order to combat that. And plus, you have to believe in, I do, believe in the Lord uh, to help you get past these things because the Lord sent us through trials and tribulations uh, to make us stronger, to be a character, and to always let us know that, hey, you got purpose here, and I'm not going to take you away right now but until I am done with you finishing your purpose. So uh, right now, the right attitude brings gratitude. In this case, what I said, it recognized gratitude, and it manifested. But we have to be able to hang in there, stick it out, figure out how we manage to get through trials and tribulations and just be thankful with the right attitude for everything that we got. So join us today because we're going to talk about a lot of these things and, you know, we're going to bring some insight. So, Thanks, <laughs> so James, 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 we applaud you for all of that. And you are uh, truly a testament yes. of what, what faith and what God and, and sometimes he has a long plan. We don't see that. But the resilience and, and just that, that focus on better days, better times, and surround yourself with positive people, you know, that, that's a true testament of how you became uh, the icon that you are in the community, all the different things you're doing. And so anybody you know, may think that life is too tough and they hear about your story, your powerful book, your, in, in your testimony, uh, they can't help but be inspired by that. So I'm... I'm I'm so, so glad to know you as well, and I look forward to seeing the, the wonderful things you'll continue to do. And so I applaud you on this wonderful show and all of the, the guests, because I think it's a topic that, that uh, is really germane to what we're speaking to right now in this country. Hey, really yes. appreciate that, Isaac. Really appreciate that. Hey, Chuck, yes. I think you got a couple of things you want to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I would just agree with you, and uh, I really think it's a, it's, a, it's a message that we all have to keep in mind. Uh, you know, your story, listen, I, as you know, I've shared that in 2015, my wonderful wife, Lydia, was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, which resulted in two rounds of chemotherapy and three different medical systems and over 20 months of 
um, different back and forth services, and finally a stem cell transplant. And uh, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, it came down to us, her children, and myself stepping up to be her primary caregivers. And there were times, there were evenings, there were moments when, you know, it was easier just to say, why? And try to figure out why and try to figure out what's going on, but we just didn't give up. And here, now we're looking to, in about another seven weeks, um, all of us who love my wife dearly, especially her four little uh, granddaughters, we're all believing because we're going to celebrate four years of being a survivor and uh, all that goes with that. And uh, there's just not enough words that describe all of that. We're grateful, blessed, and uh, we're honored that you know God continues to show us the way, and we got to step forward and take that way. And now, you know, during this time, all of us, um, everybody present here, uh, we're all receiving various different opportunities to re-engineer our lives, our family, our work, and we have reasons to press forward. We have reasons to stop, too, but we can't let those reasons stop, become more the reason of why we want to press forward, to use our God-given talents and abilities to positively and willingly share and serve others. So I think we're here today. It's going to be this is a, a holiday time where we can continue this message and go forward and be the best people that we're, we're meant to be, right? Well, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, I tell you, um, we're going to have to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue to bring it. And we, when we come back, we're also going to bring uh, Dr. Pastor Gary <laughs> Pierce. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley, available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. You know, my co-host over there, Chuck. I mean, I, man, this is absolutely fantastic. Yes, it is, James. You know, Chuck, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to bring on our, our first guest. But before we do that, I mean, I asked, um, asked Michelle to read uh, uh, this uh, yeah. chapter a little bit about attitude. And, um, you know, Michelle, can you, can you read it by Charles Swindell? Yes. The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes by Charles Swindle. That is uh, so powerful right there. And I thought it was uh, important that we read that before we bring on the great uh, Pastor Pierce. Michelle, can you uh, 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 tell the audience a little bit about Pastor Pierce? Yes. Amazing man. Powerful, driven, bold, compassionate. If one were to describe the character of Dr. Pierce, these words plus so many more would not do him justice. Hailing from Bed-Stuy, an urban section of Brooklyn, New York, Gary Pearl Pierce is a man after God's own heart. 
as a dedicated servant, teacher, and lover of the Word of God, he was called to ministry in 2001. During his tenure at Zion, Pierce served in numerous leadership capacities, including being an ordained deacon and minister, as well as an assistant pastor. In 2005, Dr. Pierce established a non-denominational organization, Ambassadors for Christ Worldwide Ministries, Inc., where he leads the movement to assist families in need from financial blessings to personal and spiritual counseling. In 2010, Dr. Pierce started volunteering with various justice and juvenile correctional facilities throughout the state of Georgia to positively and spiritually impact the lives of prisoners. As an intense, insightful, and inspirational mentor, motivator, and friend, Dr. Pierce has created a niche for his ministry in connecting with youth, collegiate, and professional athletes. He believes that through empowering and equipping athletes with practical and spiritual nourishment, they are able to perform better on the field and in life in general. In 2012, Dr. Pierce was called to pastor, and he established Kingdom Life Church Worldwide Ministries in Decatur, Georgia. In 2017, Dr. Pierce changed the ministry name to Kingdom Life Christian Center as it is a hub for community outreach and personal and spiritual growth. Since its conception, Kingdom Life has become a pillar of hope and love throughout the metro Atlanta area as the mission to address the needs of the people and to strive to lift up the name of Jesus in our community and the world through our commitment, praise, worship, evangelism, and economic development. Wow, you know, that is absolutely fantastic. Without any further delay, let's bring on Dr. Pastor Gary Pierce. How you doing, sir? They say I'm doing good. I was wondering who Michelle was talking about there. For a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, who's that cat she talking about? <laughs> hey, hey, welcome to the show, doctor. Hey, can Thank you me. tell us a little bit about yourself and growing up in New York City? Um, you know, I, I was, my roots actually came from down south. Um, I was born actually in Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, but left there when I was two, two years old. Uh, so all I know is, is you know, is New York. We moved, uh, uh, we lived in a section of Brooklyn called Bed-Stuy. I had no clue um, that I was living in a ghetto because it's what, it's what I was used to. Um, it was rough. Um, if you didn't know how to fight, uh, you could only run but so often. Um, it was, you saw everything, JC. You know, I, I see a lot of stuff today, you know, about, you know, murders taking place and everything. And when I was growing up, you know, heroin, heroin was the big drug. You had a lot of the guys that were coming back from Vietnam, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so what I see today is what I saw 30, 40 years ago, you know, growing up in Bed-Stuy. That's why the saying was, Bed-Stuy what? Do or die. Either you were going to do what you had to do to survive or, or you just weren't going to make it. I mean, it was, it was, JC, I, I'll tell you this, though. I'm grateful to God that I grew up that way because it gave me an attitude of humility when it came to dealing with anybody. You know, uh, it put me in a position where I never looked down on anyone because growing up in Bed-Stuy back in, you know, in the, when, when I grew up there, but I, like I said, I didn't know that I was poor until eventually getting away from it for a while and, and seeing people have their own bedroom, seeing people live in a house. You know, we were living on the 12th floor in the projects. It, it was just something that we couldn't fathom. To have a car, you had to, we considered it being rich. You know, having a house, man, you got it going on. Um, but it was, it was an amazing experience growing up that way in that place. Because again, you you, you just had to, Man, it was about survival, man. You know, that's why I'm grateful to God. And that's why when you were talking about this particular subject about gratitude, I'm so grateful because all the a lot of the young men that I grew up with, they're dead now. Uh, and they, they died violent deaths, man, because they got caught up in the gangster life and it was hard for them to get out of it and uh, did some things that cost them their life, man. So if anybody knows what it is to have a, uh, the right attitude and gratitude, I do. Um, because even the guys that are, the are two or three that are still left today, physically they're impaired. Um, one is schizophrenic now. I mean, so I'm grateful, man. I, I, I'm, I'm grateful. That's why I, anybody who's around me, they understand you better not look down on anybody in my company because it's going to be an issue. 
Pastor Pierce, that's great. Tell us, what does the word gratitude mean to you? Help our audience understand that. Well, when I hear the word gratitude, the first thing I think, think of is thankfulness, being thankful. You, you know, being thankful that I'm in the position that I'm in. And like, and like you just heard me say a minute ago, Chuck, growing up in an inner city ghetto like Bed-Stuy, um, I, grew, I grew up on welfare. I don't mean the food stamp kind either. I'm talking about where you had to, you know, me being, my twin and I being young, youngest, we had to actually go with my mother to, to the government warehouses to, to pick up the food. And the lines were astronomical. Uh, you knew that there was going to be a fisticuff because someone was going to see somebody they knew and they thought they could jump the line. And it wasn't going to, it was just wasn't going to happen. But yeah, gratitude simply means I'm thankful. And we should all have a spirit of thankfulness. Yes, yes, yes. Have, how have you witnessed this attitude of gratitude changing people's lives? Um, yeah, it, it, you've, you've done a lot. You've seen a lot. You've been around a lot of people. Can you just share with us how you've witnessed this attitude of gratitude changing your own life and the lives of people you're around? Uh, you know, Chuck, some years ago, um, I, I wound up having to go to prison. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a funky attitude. Um, and while in there, there was a gentleman, he told me, he said, listen, if you keep doing what you're doing while you're in here, you're going to be here for the rest of your life. Hmm. And my attitude began to change somewhat. And I began to, to, to kind of pull some people together who were intelligent individuals. Mm -hmm. But if you've ever been behind the wall, Mm -hmm. there's a certain attitude and it ain't the right attitude we're talking about, believe me, that you have to have to survive. Um, but it began to change, it began to, to bring about a change in my life. And I also knew that I wanted better, man. I grew up the way I did in best. I now I'm putting myself in this predicament. It's, it's, it's something has to change. And you know how we always say something has to change. Well, the change began with me, you know, and I had to begin to change my attitude, uh, the way in which I began to think about people or situations, because really when you think about an attitude, it's the way people think or feel about something or someone. And I just had to begin to, to change that thing. And uh, I, I believe, and I know for a fact, because of people seeing my attitude change, when I go into the prisons, when I deal with the athletes, when I deal with the gang members, they go like, wow, he used to be like this. And, I, and you know, something JC said earlier, I didn't grow up in the church. I, I knew nothing. I did not grow up in the church. The streets were my church. Um, my mother sent us to church one day, a year. Hmm. It was Easter. And yeah. um, there was a pool hall across the street. So my twin would go to the church. I went to the pool hall so I could hustle. So yes, but I've seen it change a lot of people's lives by, by them seeing me and saying, wow, he did it. I know I can do it. Yeah. And I make sure they understand that. Don't ever tell me what you can't do. Tell me what you don't want to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Wow. You know, this is so powerful. I mean, I know uh, I'm feeling it. I know our listening audience got to be feeling this. Uh, you know what? We're going to have to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue these discussions with Dr. Pastor Pierce. And we're going to bring on my friend, Isaac Ford. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. 
Concerned over your income needs in retirement? Left an old 401k at your old employer and considering your options? Goldsmith Financial can help. For nearly 14 years, Joshua Goldsmith has been helping investors towards attaining financial independence. Call Joshua Goldsmith today for a free review. 760-586-5275. That's 760-586-5275. Or visit goldsmithfinancial.net. Goldsmithfinancial.net. Joshua Goldsmith is a registered representative with securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor member, FINRA, SIPC. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, wow, you know, Pastor, you was you were putting it on us a little bit because a lot of people don't know anything about uh, the project growing up and that, uh, uh, you know, we have to scrap for everything that we get. I'm talking about, um, that means fighting sometimes, you know, to keep people from taking it away. Uh, but uh, one thing, Pastor, uh, Michelle wanted to say something. She's from uh, New York City uh, and uh, right around that, that, that area where you're from. Um, hi, Pastor. Um, hey, I, I, I am familiar with the Bedford-Stuyvesant area, and I do know a lot of people who grew up in there, around that area, and you are actually correct in your assessment of the majority of that area. I, myself... Um, in the beginning, my until I was about eight years old, I did live in um, the projects um, just for a little bit. But it's interesting until you move into a house, you don't realize, wow, a house. And this is what I, you know, was used to for a little bit. It, it's an amazing, amazing um, comparison. But I totally understand exactly what you were talking about when you're talking about that particular area. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. And, and you know what, Michelle, I'm the first one in my family to own a house. And uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's just an amazing thing because when my siblings come down from Brooklyn, um, they're like, man, this is yours. <laughs> you know, um, and, and of course, the, the, I, I, you know, they're proud of me. I was very, very blessed, Michelle, to, uh, you know, my twin passed back in 91 of AIDS. Um, and, uh, she was the one out of all my siblings that was looking out for my mother, you know? Mm -hmm. So I went back home to Bed-Stuy and I brought my mama down here to live with us. And of course, when I went to bring my mother down here, you got to understand my mother was New York, New York all the way. So my mother, and I don't mean to get off the subject, but it's just, my mother was very adamant. She was not leaving Brooklyn. Hmm. And as she was fussing and speaking French, Greek, Hebrew, and everything else, (laughs) We were loading up the van because I was not going to leave my mama in a place where she had eight locks on her door, afraid someone was going to bust in there, either kill or take what she had. And, you know, when we got to the airport, Michelle, we got to LaGuardia. And I thought my mother was going to fly because, you know, she had had a stroke, et cetera. She had been in a coma for 14 days. And because uh, she previously she was an alcoholic, you know, um, that's why when it came to drinking a dope, I, I didn't roll like that because I saw drugs destroyed my family, my neighborhood. I saw what it did to my family. But anyway, my mother decided she's not going to fly. I said, Mama, do you understand where Atlanta is compared to Brooklyn? And of course, we get on, you know, we're in between New York and New Jersey. And my mother's asked me, we almost there yet. So (laughs) it was a a long ride. And when she finally got here to Atlanta, she slept about two days, but she was exceedingly proud of her baby boy. Because she saw, she saw one of her seeds develop into something that, you know, that she had not seen out of her other children, mm-hmm. and it was really, it, 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 and you know, my mother and I, we didn't have the greatest relationship as a kid, because again, like I said earlier, you know, with the alcoholism and everything, and and you have to understand as a parent when you're when you're 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 raising children in those areas, you're fighting for everything you got, you know, that you're getting, and you're stressed out because you have minimum wage jobs. It's, it's, it's jacked up. But again, even from all that, I had to have the right attitude and, and thank God that I could go get my mother and bring her down here to live with us for 11 years until God called her home. Wow. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm going to follow up with that one. How do you experience gratitude within your home, your neighborhood, and your ministry? The, the, the way that I, I see it is this here. First of all, God has blessed me with an awesome awesome wife, first of all, someone who stood by me through incarceration, someone who stood by me through when I had to deal with brain cancer, 
and I also became myopathic, which meant, means that I lost the ability to walk. Um, baby doll, I mean, I call her baby doll. She, she stood there by me. Um, the neighborhood where I live at, the neighborhood, all the kids come to Mr. Pearl House when there's an issue. Um, even when there's a gang-related issue, they're going to come talk to Mr. Pearl about what's happening about certain things where I can kind of go and resolve some issues. And the gratitude, the thankfulness that I have is that those kids are willing to trust me. You know, here at the church, people are willing to trust me because they can see the, the, the passion that I have for ministry and for all people. Because at this particular church, you're going to, and listen, you're going to see drug dealers come in here. You're going to see prostitutes come in here. You're going to see athletes come in here, actors, whatever the case may be. Because the bottom line is this. When we are called to be a servant to the people of God, it means everybody. And I, I'm just grateful that I still don't know why. I'm not even going to question God why. But I thank God that he chose me to do what I do. Wow. You know, uh, that is powerful. You know, I, Chuck, uh, we're going to have to bring on our next. Hey, Pastor, we coming back to you. I mean, we're we going to come back and get some more of that. But we're going to have to bring on our next guest right now, I tell you. And I, I, I still got that country. I said right now. <laughs> Michelle, would you tell them a little bit about our next guest? Thank you, James. Our next guest is retired Master Gunnery Sergeant Isaac Ford, Jr. Isaac Ford, Jr. was born in Washington, D.C. and grew up in Augusta, Georgia. He graduated from the A.R. Johnson Health Professions High School and served as an Augusta police officer for three years. Isaac is a veteran Operation Desert Shield slash Desert Storm and retired from the United States Marine Corps in July 2009 at the rank of Master Gunnery Sergeant. After retiring from the Marine Corps, Isaac completed his Master's in Social Work at the University of Southern California School of Social Work and served as the Assistant Director of Military and Diversity Outreach for the school. Isaac is also the owner of Isaac Ford Jr. and Associates, LLC, a company specializing in diversity and inclusion consulting, real estate investing, photography, and motivational speaking. Isaac is also the author of Up From the Bottom, a memoir by Isaac Ford Jr. Welcome to the show, Isaac. Welcome to the show. How you oh, well, doing? Thank, thank you for having me, James. It's always a pleasure to be in your company and your beautiful bride, and uh, also to be a part of the, the wonderful platform that you provide with with the J, Jason Cooley Show, James Cooley Show. And um, <laughs> so this is my my third opportunity to be able to interact with you, and, and each time I'm immensely blessed. So thank you once again, you guys, for having me. Yes, it is. It's great to have you here. Yeah, we uh, go ahead, JC. You know, uh, it's it's an absolute pleasure. You already know that, Isaac. I mean, uh, you you already know that. Can you tell our audience a little bit about you before George, before Chuck start asking you the hard questions? <laughs> okay, um, I have a lot of parallels to to uh, there's a lot a lot of similarities between the three of us, uh, Doctor uh, Pierce, uh, Doctor Reverend Pierce, uh, Claude G as well, and. Uh, in the, in the dictionary under the word resilience, they got a picture of all three of us. <laughs> so I was born in Washington, D.C., grew up in uh, East Augusta, Georgia, the bottom, and uh, my roots are, are Southern. And um, my mother, uh, she was a beautiful woman, strong spirit, did the best she could as a single parent as well. Um, but uh, she, ch- she was challenged uh, with, with um, being a single parent and a lot of things that uh, she went to a grave, not really being able to articulate. And so there were some fond times in, our, in, in my childhood um, because we were in East Augusta, Georgia, the bottom. We were surrounded by my village of grandmother, auntie, aunties, my church. Um, and and like uh, Dr. Pierce says, once again, I didn't know I was poor until I was about 15 years old. My entire worldview was right there. Delta Manor Housing Projects initially, it was so bad they broke on the house while we were in the house. Uh, next door, we can get some candy apples from Miss Millie's house, and then it was also a liquor house. And uh, uh, Dr. Pierce also talked also talked about the neighborhood bullies. Sometimes y'all ran them, sometimes you didn't, but it all built character. Um, at nine years old, I was almost crushed to death by a flagpole. And uh, at 13 years old, on a, fa- on a fateful Saturday morning, uh, the most trusted person on the planet plunged a steak knife into my left lung. 
And so I would tell people over the years that would see me um, and they, they couldn't relate to where I came from. And I would have to remind them, I'm not even supposed to be here, but for the grace of God, they go I. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I left there. I joined the Marine Corps Reserves initially. Um, and I, I joined the police department, the Augusta Police Department, at, uh, in 1986. And so I took an oath to defend my country and my municipality. And what I found uh, as an Augusta police officer was that uh, my problems of just coming home alive was just half the problem. Yeah. Well, I truly learned what racism was when I became an Augusta police officer. And for me, using moral courage, which is a noble thing, but always comes with a price. Uh, for me, standing up against systemic racism in the police department, speaking out against police brutality, and taking the high road at 20 years old to say, that's not right. I'm not doing that. I'm not writing that. Um, I ended up being fired, blackballed from law enforcement. Um, and But for the grace of God, the late, great Dr. Joseph Lowry, civil rights oh. icon, and along with 75 police officers from New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, uh, Atlanta. They heard about my plight. It was so ridiculous. They marched to the, to the Augusta Police Department uh, front door with me. And so I had coverage while they were there. And once they left, um, of course, I was arrested. I was smeared. And I would probably be dead had it not, had it not been for the, the national attention that Dr. Lowry brought to, to it. And uh, during the time I was in the police department, I had near-death situations. I walked in and, and I witnessed murder-suicides. You know, it's a very uh, unsettling thing to, to run toward uh, gunfire. But that's what people in law enforcement and military do all the time. But that and having to fight for my gun from a suspect that I was being very kind to uh, and surviving that, you know, nine months while well, my wife was nine months pregnant. There's a lot of things in my life that, that didn't speak to me being here 55 years old. So we talk about gratitude. I'm reminded of all the things that God got me through, all the things that should not have gone the way they did, but they did. And for that, um, that's always kept me grounded, always kept me focused on uh, being empathetic and giving back and trying to pay forward uh, a, a, a small um, moniker of of the of, of the the grace and, and the focus, I mean, and the uh, consideration and love uh, that God gave me, getting me here. Wow, so, you know, I tell my, you, I, I, so my challenges are, are similar <laughs> to to a lot of yours, and uh, and faith was a big part of it as well. Hey, we're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue our discussion with Isaac Ford. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. You know, me and my co-host over here, Chuck, Isaac, um, I tell you, Chuck is getting ready to come uh, come at you. But before we, before we start uh, this last segment, I got to thank our sponsor, Joshua Goldsmith, for making this show possible. Thank you so much. I, and I, like I always tell you, if you're looking for a financial advisor that's really going to tell you the truth, uh, educate you, and help you uh, save money, raise money, keep money, get more, more money, more money, Joshua Goldsmith 
is the Mo Money Man. <laughs> he will help you get it. <laughs> you know, so, hey, Chuck, I know you got a few questions that you want to ask uh, Isaac. Uh, so let's do it. Yes. Uh, hi, Isaac. Well, thanks for sharing your story. That's um, inspirational in itself. Uh, J- JC has told me about your book, and I've heard you talk about it on the last show you were on, November 10th, briefly, Up From the Bottom. What inspired you to write the book? Well, thank you, Chuck. And uh, um, I don't believe in coincidences, Chuck. Uh, it was a, um, a fateful um, union uh, at the April and in April of, of uh, 2018, while I was attending the National Association of Black Social Workers Conference, which was hosted in San Diego. I walked into an elevator and um, James, he can he can relate to this from the South. We speak to everybody. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I greet these two ladies in the elevator and I say, Hey, where are you from? I said, Atlanta. And they said, Where are you from? I said, East Augusta, Georgia. You would not know where that's at, the bottom. And uh, long story short, we ended up uh, talking for another 10 minutes in the lobby. And I found out within a span of 10 minutes, the last time, that the woman I was talking to, I just met on the elevator, was my CPS caseworker from 41 years ago. Wow. You can't make that. That's what wow. I call a God nod, Dr. Pierce. Wow. Yes. And so uh, I cried in the middle of the lobby in front of people I didn't know. Wow. And uh, I thought about this, Chuck, for many years. And this was, I think this was God's way of saying it's time. And uh, so I went home and I wrote this book in five months. Wow. I mean, in, in five months. And I put it out there because I wanted uh, my life, my experiences to hopefully uh, serve as an example of what's possible. No matter where you start in life, no matter what happens to you, um, I tell young people, 1 through 17 and it's controlled by other people and other things. 17 until it's controlled by you. Yep. And so if you can look up, you can get up. If your dreams are not big enough to scare you, you're not dreaming big enough. That's right. That's right. That's great. That's a great message. Uh, And, uh, you know, so during all these times, you've had some difficulties and you've talked about your difficulties. What's kept you uh, staying positive, keeping positive and manifesting that positivity? What's your formula? Well, well, Chuck, uh, thank you for that question. I think it was a combination of my village. Uh, They didn't know what to say to me. Uh, Nobody broke the conversation. Um, after the event, uh, the tragic event at 13, uh, but I knew they were there. Hmm. Um, and I went to my church. Uh, my grandparents, they, they, they were only 100, 100 yards away from us in the projects, but they lived in a home. And uh, so church was, was a requirement. And then it got to a point where even when they couldn't drive me, I walked to church. Oh. And so my faith uh, knowing that there was aunts and uncles, cousins, and close proximity, and knowing that they weren't having that. No, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. <laughs> they weren't having that nonsense. You know, it, you know so uh, that plus the fact that when I got out of the hospital, you know, we didn't have the internet, but we had WRDW radio, and we had uh, the Augusta Chronicle. And so imagine, you know, nowadays, everything is out there on the internet about what happened to me. So I felt like I had to outrun all of that for most yeah. of my life, all the expectations of what people expected from me because I was that kid. And so I think that pressure uh, of, of and that pressure and that desire to not want to be defined by things that I could not control, that was a big part of it. And then just my faith just wouldn't, wouldn't let me. I said, you know, I, there's got to be a better life for me outside of projects. It's got to be a better life for me outside of, the trajectory that some some predicted for me, and so I kept that, and I continued to pray. And as, but in, in addition to that, as Fannie Lou Hamer said, you can pray till you faint, but if you don't get off your butt and do something, God ain't gonna put it in your lap. So I said, I gotta work. I gotta work. Wow. So just like yeah. these gentlemen have done, and uh, so many others, it's like, yeah, I'm praying, but I gotta get out there and put the work in. That's right. Amen. That's I, I I got a question. Uh, that uh, I know many people would, would love to hear this answer. What advice would you give to someone who have encountered several challenges and struggles? Uh, yet it's difficult, uh, but uh, what advice would you have or tell them 
uh, as it relates to maintaining a positive attitude and be grateful for everything that you get? I tell them that, first of all, sometimes in this in this life, God allows you to go through things that may not make sense to you. He allows you to go through things because he knows that you're strong enough to survive them. And he allows you to go through things because he has a bigger plan for you, much bigger than you can understand. And so even though it's difficult to understand that, even if somebody's telling you that along the way, you have to stay focused and you have to you have to, to understand that life is like a pendulum. It's going to swing backwards and forward. It's not going to always be raining. It's not going to always be bad. But then again, it's not going to always be good. And if you'll just weather it and stay focused, then uh, there is going to be a better day. And just like, you know, Dr. Pierce talked about a home and the success that Michelle and James have. And they, they described, uh, I could have never imagined at 38 years old that I would have homes in the East Coast and the West Coast and that USC would be using my book as a case study for resilience. I couldn't see that. But what I could see was that there were positive, affirming people, and I looked, I sought them out along the way. So a big part outside of my village in Augusta, Georgia, I expanded that ring to include all of you guys, be it military, be it Greek life, my fraternity, be it everywhere I went. I looked for people, positive, affirming people, energy, people that have energy, and they're people that are also God-fearing. And so that's that would be the other piece is to tell people, if you don't have a village like that, go find one. If you don't, you can't find one, create your own. And so if you're around positive affirming, if you're always the one in the room affirming and motivating, you're in the wrong room. You need to be in a room that where somebody will motivate you. Good, and good so one. that would be my advice. I got a question for both of you guys, and I know we kind of getting close to the end of the show. Um, yeah, so what would you guys advice would you guys give to people who are experiencing so much stress right now and you know how do they decrease the levels and keep from going into depression I want to start with you dr pierce you know i want to if i want i want to share something with you you know I, I, we we talked about my incarceration and everything well it happened down here in georgia and i, I of course i had no family down here in georgia and i wanted my parole to be sent back home to new york and of course it wasn't done that way and I was sent to a place called America's Georgia and um, I probably was at the lowest point of my life because I had to spend my nights in the woods because I had nowhere to stay at and I remember one night thinking here I am a former champ the host of shebang and no one wants to return my phone calls and, and it kind of goes back to something Isaac said even though I didn't have a relationship with my Lord and Savior like I do now, God was saying, I want to get your attention. And I'll never forget that night, and I, that particular night, because I, if I had a gun or whatever, I'd have blew my brains out. But I turned and I got on my back and I looked up, and God says, now you finally got it. You're looking up. Now you know where your help's coming from. Um, I, I would tell anybody this. I don't care what your situation may be. It, always keep one word in your mind. And that's the word hope, because the word hope means I'm expecting something positive in the future. And, and, and if you can just hold on, grasp onto some hope. And, and again, like I just said, putting yourself around the right people, even though I didn't have a relationship with my Lord and Savior, I really didn't have anybody around because at that time of my life, nobody wanted to have anything to do with me. Um, so my thing is just have, telling individuals until you get that village, hold on to hope like never, ever before. And watch what God does. Man, he will blow your mind. Wow. You know, I tell you, uh, I want to continue this, but, you know, we're running out of time. Uh, how can our audience real quickly, uh, if they want to get in touch with you guys, how how could they get in touch with you? Uh, starting with you first, Isaac. Uh, Isaac Alphaman at gmail.com. <laughs> I-S-A-A-C-A-L. P-H-A-M-A-N at gmail.com. And my and um, my website is Isaac, I-S-A-A-C, Ford, dot O-R-G. And my number is 619-818-5916. And I speak all over the country during the coronavirus. 
a lot of speaking uh, engagements, even with uh, Zoom. And um, okay. I look forward to hearing from anyone that wants to talk to me. Dr. Pierce, real quickly. Sure, you can catch me at uh, Pastor Pearl at iCloud.com. Uh, you can catch us on our web uh, church website at KLCC, uh, Decatur, that's D-E-C-A-T-U-R dot uh, org. Um, and my phone number, if you need to reach out to me, is area code 404-819-3824. Wow. You know, I, I want to thank, uh, 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 first of all, I want to thank my co-host, uh, guest co-host here, Chuck, uh, my wife, uh, Michelle, uh, here. I especially want to thank the guests, uh, Dr. Pierce and Isaac Ford. Uh, I want to thank uh, my producers in both places, uh, Matt here and Todd in, in California. I want to thank our listening audience and keep in mind that we are always out there uh, looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message your way. And I want to thank uh, my sponsor again, Joshua Goldsmith. Keep in mind, just like what Pastor Pierce just said, hope. As long as we hold on to hope, you know, we can accomplish anything because we have not given up. Hope yep. is the glue to everything. So I'm James Cooley. It's your life, and we will be back next week, and we're going to bring you some more of these powerful messages. Thanks so much. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. That's CooleyFoundation.org. Join James next week at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been It's Your Life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big. Facebook family out there.